0: Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan, and of course, subscribe to my YouTube page at Brian McClanahan, where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media buttons at brianmcclanahan.com. That's B R I O N, McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address and I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the Brian McClanahan Show by going to McClanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll, McClanahan Academy. You get a free course when you do so. And of course, I've got Other material there available for purchase. So if you want to support the show, buy one of those classes. You get a great class and you support the show at the same time. All of this is free of charge, but I do have a way to get me uh, great lectures, great material, uh, and pay a little money for it to help support this free endeavor. You can also support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com, forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcasts going. Also, don't forget to... Uh, rate this podcast wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Um, and go to anchor.fm. That's the new host for the for the show. Uh, and you can uh, leave a message. You can support the show there as well. There's a way to do that. So if you want to get on the show, it's a voice message. You can do that. Um, just look for Brian McClanahan Show and it'll come up with that. There should be a button in the middle of the page that allows you to do that. I do still. I am still going to upload the podcast through SoundCloud for those that want to download it. So if you want to download it, you can do that. Uh, just go to SoundCloud and, and get the podcast. Um, also, don't forget to bri- get your Brian McClanahan Show gear. If you go to BrianMcClanahan.com, you've got a shop tab. Click on that. It will take you out to my online store where you get all kinds of cool stuff, shirts, uh, stickers. You also have the new Think Locally, Act Locally shirt which is not, does not have my logo on it. It's just Think Locally, Act Locally. So if you just want to spread that message, I mean, hey, go for it. Get that Think Locally, Act Locally design. It's really cool. So do that as well. Um, all kinds of ways to support the show, all kinds of ways to advertise the show. And if you like it, again, rate it and let your friends know about it, get more people interested in it. We need to start the Think Locally, Act Locally revolution. So it's a, it's a, a great way to do that by having that material. Okay. Let's talk about the topic of the day, and of course, the uh, the idea of impeachment is hot right now. We had the impeachment inquiry hearings begin yesterday, and I didn't watch much of it. Just a couple of thoughts on what I saw, and then I'm going to get into the real topic, which is Judge Napolitano. Um, first and foremost, uh, the fact that Schiff, Representative Schiff, who is the chair of the committee, overseeing these hearings, perjured himself at the beginning of the hearings. I mean, does not bode well for the Democrats' position. And Jonathan Turley has come out with a piece saying, you know what, there isn't much here. This is a house of cards that's going to collapse. They can't win this. And so, but uh, when Schiff went and said openly that he didn't know who the whistleblower was, I mean, he knows who the whistleblower we We know conclusively that he knows who the whistleblower is. He's already perjured himself. Now, of course, you can say, well, you can't commit perjury on the committee. Uh, your con- your congressman is free from that. The fact is, he's already lied. That does not bode well for the Democrat position. The other thing that you get from both the uh, individuals who testified yesterday is that it's an odd endorsement for American non-intervention. Essentially, these bureaucrats stood there and said, you know what, because of my family history, because of what I think about Ukraine and Ukrainian uh, policy and American foreign policy, the president should have followed what I think about these things. I mean, look, the United States shouldn't even be in Ukraine. The United States shouldn't be there at all. And this is a remnant, this is a relic of the Cold War. And that actually gets into what I'm going to talk about And there's with, with Judge Napolitano and a couple of things that are important to understand. Now, This particular episode is going to be an analysis of Judge Napolitano and his position that Trump has committed impeachable offenses. I disagree, but the thing is, in this particular case, now I can say that simply by signing the monstrous spending bill that Trump signed, that's a dereliction of duty. Uh, He shouldn't have signed that thing because it's unconstitutional. Here's the other thing. Uh, All this foreign aid is unconstitutional. Right, So if Trump is going to be impeached for doing something, he's, go- it's, he's going to be impeached for not giving, which he actually did give, unconstitutional funds because the Democrats are saying he's committed constitutional offenses, which are unconstitutional. This is like excommunicating someone for not going on crusade while they're excommunicated. I mean, this is how stupid this actually, re- this actually is. So uh, the, the statutes that, of course, Napolitano lists don't really apply to foreign policy. They never have. I mean, the entire essence of foreign policy is bribery. But uh, that said, um, we can go back to the middle of the 20th century and talk about that. We can go back before that and talk about that. The whole giving, uh, paying countries uh, at the end of a war for their land. I mean, essentially, we pay you, you give us the land or we're not going to have a peace treaty. We'll pay you for it. But we're not going to. Do- so, I mean, all this is bribery. It's all negotiation. Now, if it was essentially to, uh, if there was withholding funds until they dug up dirt, I don't know if, I mean, people have said, well, it was quid pro quo. Well, we, if you read the transcript, there's no quid pro quo there. He didn't say we're, we're not going to give you money to the Ukrainian president if um, you, you don't investigate Biden. Now, I know you can, well, this, this diplomat from fourth-hand sources said they thought it was quid pro quo. I mean, this is where this stuff is just so silly. But I do want to get into Napolitano himself and then also his positions, because Napolitano has taken a lot of heat for <clears throat> for opposing Trump at this point and for essentially saying that you know, Trump should be impeached. I mean, he, he said that. Um, and the Trump administration and the conservative, quote unquote, conservative news outlets like Fox News, uh, the main talking heads on Fox News people like Hannity and Tucker Carlson I like Tucker Carlson Hannity eh, he's okay at times um, but they've they've made Napolitano persona non grata right and so this piece came out on uh, Associated Press news Fox legal analyst Napolitano emerges as Trump critic it's by David Bowder and um, I want to defend Napolitano here. Because I actually admire him for taking the stand that he does. I mean, look, Napolitano is being consistent. Now, you could say, because I'm saying that Trump shouldn't be impeached, even though I've said every president should be impeached. He shouldn't be impeached for this. But he should be, he could be impeached for other things. Um, and, And the imperial presidency is dangerous. I'll still say that. Look, I mean, what Trump is doing is dangerous. Somebody asked me in an email, do you support Trump? I support, it sounds like I'm a Trump supporter. Um, look, Trump is preferable to Hillary Clinton, and, but it's all a clown show. I mean, this is why I think it's hilarious. It's a big political theater. Um, Trump is simply a symptom of the disease, which is the imperial presidency. To take him down for this would mean that we'd have to establish a precedent that every president should be taken down for this. And while I might agree with that, it's not going to happen. So Trump shouldn't be taken down for something that w- we're going to be inconsistent in application. We need consistency. The one thing that I'll say about Napolitano is he's consistent, and that's that's a, an admirable character trait. It's an admirable trait for Napolitano to be consistent. He is a consistent, staunch, adherent to what he believes is the original Constitution and what the original Constitution says. Now I've disagreed with him on a couple of things as I've listen, as I've listened to him talk, but that doesn't matter. He's a good man. He's an honorable man, and I think that uh, the the attacks on Napolitano are unfounded. I mean, essentially he's saying this is what I think the Constitution says. This is where I think Trump has done these things, and uh, we should take these things seriously. So I'll get into his position in a second, but I want to talk about defending him first from Bowder. More than two decades into his career as a, a commentator at Fox News Channel, Andrew Napolitano reached a milestone of sorts when he was called a fool on his own network. Not to his face, of course. But Tucker Carlson guessed Joseph Genova's dismissal of Napolitano for saying that soliciting campaign aid from a foreign government is against the law illustrates the awkward place that the former New Jersey Superior Court judge finds himself in at Fox during the Trump era. De Genova yum. Napolitano, who joined Fox News in 1998, has emerged as one of Donald Trump's bluntest critics on a network where the president expects to hear encouragement. Napolitano has defended an impeachment inquiry that many Trump supporters call unfair, noting it follows rules written by Republicans. Well, he's 100% right about that, and I'm going to get into his position in a second. He is 100% right about that position. He said the White House counsel's arguments against the process were profoundly misguided and described Trump's since-withdrawn proposal to host a summit of world leaders at his Miami resort as a constitutional violation about as direct and profound as one could create. He has questioned how seriously Trump takes his oath of office and said he governs like a mafia don. Now, taking your oath of office, this is a, this is the important part, right? I, I, I agree with the policy. Look, no president takes the oath of office seriously. I don't think Barack Obama did. I don't think George W. Bush did or Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan. None of these people have. This is the dirty little secret. It's why when I wrote Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America, I pointed out this is how we should measure how effective a president is. We've had very few actually take the oath of office seriously. We've had very few that actually follow that oath of office. And this is why I've said that virtually every president could have been impeached. There very few that couldn't for violating their oath of office, which is to defend the Constitution. So the piece that Napolitano was published... Is is ignorance of the Constitution Trump's defense? Does he not know what the Constitution says? Or do Republicans think that's a defense? Now, again, when it comes to foreign policy, it's a gray area. And I'll talk about that in a second. The commenter's assertion that Robert Mueller had found 10 instances of destruction of justice that it could have resulted in a criminal indictment if Trump hadn't been president earned him an angry tweet from the White House. He's beginning to sound like Judge Shepard Smith, said Tim Graham, Director of Media Analysis of the Conservative Media Research Center. Um, Here's the thing. I think Jonathan Turley has put that whole thing to bed. The Attorney General could have prosecuted Trump if he wanted to. If there was enough evidence there to do it, there just wasn't enough. And so to say that the Mueller report did that is a little bit of a stretch. Okay? So this is where I would disagree with Napolitano on the obstruction of justice thing. But, um... Regardless, I mean, I think he's being consistent, which is where you should admire Napolitano, regardless. It was Smith, the since-departed Fox News anchor, who occasionally fact-checked claims by Fox opinion hosts, who came to Napolitano's defense after D De Genova's remark on September 24th. Smith called the attack repugnant. It just sort of rolls off my back, Napolitano said in an interview. I realize that when you're in this business, and I'm on the opinion side, not the news side, that it's going to ruffle some feathers. I never take it personally. This is what I said. Napolitano was a nice man. I've only met him a couple of times. He's a nice man, an honorable man. He's a principled man, and I think this—he's—he's he's a rarity in the business of opinion, um, where he doesn't take these things. I mean, you—you you make a, people get mad at me all the time too, right? So for what I say, and they say things that are, well, oh, you're—you're an idiot, McClanahan. You don't know what you're talking about. It just happens. Now he's got a bigger platform than I ever will. So I, his, his, the people that are against him is magnified ten times, hundred times, a thousand times more than me. But the fact is, you get it even when you do something at the level I do. He suspects his opinions have cost some airtime on Fox, although he says it can be cyclical. While he appears regularly on the Fox and Friends morning show, he's invisible on the primetime opinion shows hosted by Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Laura Ingram. Many of his commentaries appear online, taped on the plaza outside of Fox Manhattan's headquarters. Does he think some of his colleagues resent his opinions? I don't think so, Napolitano said. I think they're mature enough to respect intellectual honesty. Um, I'm not so sure about that. But, uh, I mean, I do. You know, regardless, I mean, intellectual honesty is what we want, right? His commentaries are a frequent topic on Fox News message boards. I wonder what changed him if he was faking it before, one viewer wrote. Either way, I don't like this version of nappy. Fox did not make an executive available to talk about Napolitano, but issued a statement saying his legal insights have become a critical element in our breaking news coverage. It's been a long journey for Fox for Napolitano, who was brought into the fold by late Chairman Roger Ailes, who once ordered the legal commentator to dye his hair after he lost 75 pounds. He's been praised by the likes of Glenn Beck, who suggested Napolitano replace him when Beck lost his show at Fox. Conspiracy theorist Alec Jones, who said he has an amazing legal mind, yet he was also brought on The Daily Show. Six times as a guest by fellow New Jersey resident John Stewart. I think this actually speaks well of Nap- of Napolitano. I mean, this piece is very is very laudatory. I, I and one of the reasons it might be is because of course he's critical of Trump. If he wasn't, maybe the, the AP would be a little different. But uh, John Stewart says, "I respect you as an individual, and I do feel you speak not from cynicism but from principle, deeply held, oftentimes wrongly." And uh, I've I did a, an episode. Way back on this show where I defended Napolitano or I I, I um, wrote a piece about that. I'm sorry. Way back uh, when his John Stewart show appearance where he talked about the war and how Stewart and Eric Foner and Sinha and some of these others uh, were saying things that just, I mean, they were just ripping Napolitano. And I defended Judge Napolitano because, again, he's principled. He'll go on these shows and say what he thinks even if he's going to get criticized for it. That's amazing. He has a spine, and he's willing to take the heat. The Palo said he's guided by the law, and that is his job to explain it to viewers. He's a devoted libertarian and strict follower of the Constitution, said Nick Gillespie, former editor-in-chief of the Libertarian magazine Reason. I'm not surprised it has become, certainly on Fox, a leading critic of Trump, Gillespie said. The real question is, how does he get away with it? The panel describes Trump as a longtime friend. He describes a lot of people as longtime friends and was publicly more supportive early in the president's term. In March 2017, he claimed on Fox and Friends that former President Barack Obama received assistance from British intelligence to spy on Trump's campaign. A report repeated by then-White House practice secretary Sean Spicer. Which was... true. After a forceful denial by British intelligence, Smith said Fox knew that of no evidence that Trump had been under surveillance. Napolitano was reportedly suspended for two weeks. Well, we know that all this, (laughs) uh, we know that this, there there was a lot of this going on, right? This has all come out. In January 2018, Lloyd Grove wrote in the Daily Beast that Napolitano was emerging as one of Trump's more influential, if unconventional, ex-officio advisors. Trump's Twitter feed showed he was listening. Like when he quoted Napolitano questioning if there was a conspiracy by the FBI and Obama's Department of Justice to prevent Trump from becoming president. But less than a year later, Trump was calling out Napolitano's very dumb legal argument about the Mueller report. On 27 April 2019, Trump tweeted, Ever since Andrew Napolitano came to my office to ask that I appoint him to the U.S. Supreme Court, and I said no, he's been very hostile. Napolitano said he had two meetings with Trump during the transition at which the president-elect asked him to describe his, uh, his ideal qualities and a Supreme Court nominee. When Trump said it sounded like Napolitano described himself, he said he was actually talking about future nominee Neil Gorsuch. He said Trump asked him to pitch himself. This is is actually really interesting. Because I wrote a piece that said Trump was going to select Napolitano, maybe, as a Supreme Court justice. I had no idea this was happening. But I said this was a possibility, and I thought uh, maybe that could actually happen, which would have been interesting, to say the least. Politico reported in 2017 that Apolitano told people that he was on Trump's list of potential nominees to the court. But the commentator said he never seriously considered himself a candidate. Being attacked on Twitter was surreal but unsurprising, he said. I don't resent it because I know what he's like, Apolitano said. He sees the world through his own eyes, and he doesn't have the sensitive conscience that the rest of us do. For whatever reason, there seemed a marked shift in Napolitano's tone towards Trump following the July 2018 nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. And Angelo Caruso, president of the liberal watchdog Media Matters for America. The initial positive attitude towards Trump seems, in retrospect, an aberration, he said. Napolitano said he opposed Kavanaugh because the justices' legal views conflict with his as a libertarian. Well, this is true. I mean, libertarians were very critical of Kavanaugh on things like the Fourth Amendment, uh, and so, I mean, there's no doubt about it that the Trump, uh, the Napolitano was being consistent here. He said he felt this way before Christine Balsey Ford leveled her sexual assault allegations against Kavanaugh. Later, when Trump claimed vindication from a Mueller report that decidedly didn't clear him, it was only appropriate to defend that view, not shrink from it, he said. But now with the Ukrainian story, I was apparently in, in, irretrievably in the White House doghouse, he said. We all know that the president hates dogs. When asked whether Trump should be impeached, Napolitano said, this is a political judgment. If I could modify your question to ask if there's a legal basis to argue high crimes and misdemeanors, then the answer is yes, he said. It's really beyond dispute. If I were a Democrat in the House, which I am not and never will be, I would vote to impeach. If you were a Republican in the Senate, I think they're going to find some of his behavior difficult to defend, he said. So, before I get into the piece where he goes into the behavior, let's take a quick break. I'll be right back in a minute. Let me talk to you for a minute about McClanahan Academy. I know at the beginning of this particular podcast or this video, I talked about McClanahan Academy. But let me go into a little more detail about why I think you should sign up for it and why why I created it. First, a little bit about me. I have a Ph.D. in American history from the University of South Carolina, and I've taught in the college environment for 20 years. And I've seen college students get worse over time. The curriculum get worse. And students are being indoctrinated more than educated now in our higher education system, whether it's high school or college. So I wanted a counterweight to that. And this is why I created the McClanahan Academy. Now, first, it's always free to enroll at McClanahan Academy. You sign up. It's free. And I give you a free course, 10 Myths of American History, when you do sign up. So it's a great way to get an introduction to what I do. But I've got eight courses for sale there and more forthcoming. All of these courses are designed to give you the non-PC version of American history, to take the red pill, so to speak. And I've got two courses in particular, my U.S. History Survey courses, which are designed for homeschoolers. So if you're a homeschooler and you want a good curriculum, and uh, my family has homeschooled all of our children from the beginning, and you want a solid history curriculum, that's why I designed the United States History to 1865 and 1865 to present. You've got... Enough material, you've got lesson plans, you've got uh, tests, you've got reading material, you've got reading seminars, you've got 36 weeks, if you take them, buy them both, you've got 36 weeks of material, and it can be used as a high school h- history curriculum, or if you're just a lifelong learner, you can use it otherwise. But it's a great way to get a real history education devoid of Marxism and progressivism and political correctness. So sign up at McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Again, always free to enroll, and I'll see you there. All right, we're back, and uh, we're gonna talk about uh, finish talking about Judge Napolitano, and now I'm gonna get into a piece that was published at LewRockwell.com. Is ignorance of the Constitution Trump's defense? And again, this is the judge writing this, and he's laying out his case. And as I as he said at the end of that. Piece. If he was a Democrat, he would vote for impeachment. And he, he says this in this particular piece. He, he explains that impeachment is always political, that there are no rules for this. And I think that this is something the Republicans have been saying that's incorrect. The Democrats can impeach for anything they want. Now, should they do that? No. Should we have uh, a, a kangaroo court? No. And I think in some ways this is the case. Um, But impeachment is not, it's not a official legal trial. I mean, the the president doesn't have to have ability to cross uh, question witnesses. I mean, that just, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. It doesn't have to exist. The, the, The Democrats or whoever controls the House can do whatever they want when it comes to impeachment. So, he begins his piece with a statement, a quote by Richard Nixon. He says, "Well, when the president does it, it means that it's not illegal." And I think this is the problem of the imperial presidency. I mean, look, I am I am spot on with Napolitano here about the real issue of an imperial presidency. We have got a presidency that is above the law oftentimes, um, and no one ever calls him on it. And this is true. The fact is, though, that if we if we're going to be consistent, this is where I think that this is just a complete circus if we're going to be consistent and we're going to do this for every president then let's go to it but it's very clear that if hillary clinton was in office and the democrats were in power that hillary clinton as we know joe biden is on tape doing the exact same thing that trump is being criticized for there would be no impeachment proceedings this wouldn't even be happening so it's the inconsistent application that's the problem and this is where I would say that this is why you can't even pay attention to these things anymore. When you get into bribery and I'm going to bring this up, there's I'm going to bring up one very important piece of legislation about this. So uh, first and foremost, uh, let's let's begin with what Napolitano says here and this is all Napolitano now. As public hearings on impeachment begin this week, we will see the case for and against the case for and the case against impeaching President Donald Trump. The facts are largely undisputed, but each side has its version of them. The Democrats will argue that in his two, July 25, 2019, telephone call with his Ukrainian counterpart, seen in the context of months of negotiations between American and Ukrainian diplomats, Trump made it known that if the Ukrainian government wanted the $391 million in military and financial aid that Congress authorized and ordered, his first must-order announced that it was seeking dirt on his likely 2020 political opponent, former Vice President Joe Biden, or his son Hunter. Now, I mean, if, if that was thought, the, the transcript doesn't show that. And I and I mean people have said third and fourth hand that maybe this was the case. Um, and we don't know if Joe Biden was going to be his likely 2020 political opponent. Only if the Democrats rig the process. But I think that Joe Biden's not going to get the nomination. Now, we didn't know that in July. It seemed like Biden was the front runner, maybe. Uh, but the fact is, I mean, this is a little bit of a stretch. I mean, look. We know that Hunter Biden was engaged in illegal activity. We we even the testimony yesterday these diplomats both said it. I mean, one of them in particular, the the Biden we thought that Hunter Biden was engaged in potentially illegal activity, conflict of interest. Right, we know Joe Biden's on tape. So he's asking to investigate corruption That implicates a, president, a presidential violation of two federal statutes. One is a prohibition of solicitation of campaign help from a foreign government, and the other is a prohibition of bribery. Now, why is this campaign help? Now, you could say, well, you're McClanahan. You're just being naive if you don't think that's campaign help, that this is going to damage Joe Biden. I'm not so certain it would have. I mean, I don't know. Look, Hunter Biden being implicated, I mean, does that damage Joe Biden? Uh, we ha- we are- The evidence is already there to damage Joe Biden. He didn't need any help from the Ukraine. You could just put it out there. Now, is this bribery, though? This is the question that he gets, and he, and he goes down here, and I'm going to bring up um, another position. Federal election laws prohibit as criminal the mere solicitation of foreign help for a federal political campaign, whether the aid arrives or not. I mean, this is true. So if this was the case, that is an impeachable offense. Federal law also prohibits and defines as bribery the intentional withholding or offering to withhold the performance of an official duty until the thing of value arrives, whether the thing of value arrives or not. Solicitation of foreign campaign assistance and bribery are the rare federal crimes that are defined by an attempt to or an offer to commit them, even if they are never consummated. Now, is the saying, well, unless you do this, you're not going to get this money and foreign policy. Is that bribery? I would say no. And I'll bring up one very interesting case, the Marshall Plan. The Marshall Plan, which, again, we could say all this is unconstitutional. So we're we're actually going to criticize the president for doing something for not allocating unconstitutional money. We should be praising him for that. Does the Ukraine need 391 million taxpayer dollars? Is that in the best interest of the United States? Do they really need that? I mean, is that money even constitutional to begin with? We should be saying Trump shouldn't have given him any of it. Right? The Marshall Plan. That's quid pro quo from the beginning. You want our cash after the end of World War II, you're going to be our ally. If you don't want, if you don't become our ally, we're not going to give you the cash. It's all quid pro quo. So all these foreign policy negotiations are. So this is a weak argument. The bribery argument is weak. In fact, it's almost non-existent when it comes to foreign policy. All this has magnified the Democrats' argue since of the by the immediacy of Ukraine's financial and military needs. Since 2014, Ukraine has been fighting a bloody war with Russia, resulting in the deaths of 13,000 Ukrainians. In that year, Russia invaded the Ukrainian province of Crimea, which Russia continues to occupy. Since the end of World War II, the stated American policy towards Russia has been to resist and to help allies resist its territorial expansion. Well, this is something Trump actually campaigned to stop doing. I mean, is this, this is where Napolitano, I mean, he's saying, well, this is our policy. We got to follow it. No, we don't. We don't have to follow that policy. It's a bad policy. It's a Cold War relic. This is where I said in the last podcast, World War II screwed up America. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is stupid. Trump actually campaigned to say that not Napolitano's is being stupid, but the whole policy is stupid. Trump campaigned on the fact that we're going to get out of NATO. What's the point of NATO anyways? So Napolitano is, is uh, saying something here that's, it's a political position. This is a political, I mean, it's a political position. The Democrats will also argue that Trump's orders to, ex- to executive branch employees to dishonor congressional subpoenas constitute the crime of obstruction of justice. This is what New York Yankees pitching great Roger Clemens was tried for when he was acquitted of lying to Congress about the contents of... Uh, Of All of these crimes, solicitation, bribery, and obstruction, are are subsumed under the constitutional rubric of high crimes and misdemeanors or bribery. These constitute two of the three permissible bases for impeachment. None of these crimes requires pressure, coercion, or success. Congress considers them so odious to our system that merely offering to commit them constitutes guilt. Presidents Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton both were charged with obstruction of Congress by ordering subordinates to refuse to cooperate with congressional investigations, even though many of them did cooperate. So, I mean, in that particular case, look, Napolitano is spot on here. No doubt about it. The Republicans will argue that under the Constitution, the president, not Congress, sets the foreign policy of the nation. In foreign relations, the Supreme Court has ruled Congress is limited to declaring war, appropriating funds, ratifying treaties, and confirming ambassadors. All else foreign is presidential. Thus, whatever Trump wanted of the Ukrainian government, unless there is proof of evil intent, he was free to ask for. They will argue that there is no evidence of evil intent, such as self-dealing or harming an ally or frustrating congressional purpose. This is 100% true. The Republicans are actually spot on here. Uh, look, I mean, when you, when you go back and look at American foreign policy from the time of Washington, the president, all foreign policy is bribery. It's all negotiation. What are you going to give me for this? what it all is. I mean, this is what it comes down to. And if offering things, uh, we know that wire polling has been used and kickbacks and all kinds of things just to get votes for legislation. That's all bribery. If we're going to get into this, we're going to go down that rabbit hole. Then uh, we we need to do this consistently from here on out. And the problem is it's not going to be, which is why we shouldn't do it now. Not for this. Republicans will also argue that the impeachment process is irretrievably compromised by the personal involvement, partisan advocacy, and secretive methods of the chairman of the House Select Committee on Intelligence, Representative Adam Schiff, Democrat California. California. From this, they will argue that Schiff and the evidence he developed should be excluded from the proceedings as well. To House Republicans, the crimes of legal solicitation, bribery, and obstruction of Congress require proof of Trump's guilty state of mind, and such proofs are lacking. Stated differently, Republicans would contend that because the president was ignorant of federal law and ignorant of his constitutional obligations to spend money as and when Congress directed, he cannot be punished for what he did not know. Um, Look, Schiff is is problematic here. He is lying. He's done some things that are shady. We know he was essentially working with the whistleblower. All this is, is public knowledge, even if Schiff won't admit it. But uh, the Napolitano says this is dangerously close to the Nixonian view of the American presidency, that the president can do no wrong. Of course, Republicans will not state this plainly as the lessons of Watergate and Nixon's resignation have soundly and universally repudiated that view. Finally, Republicans will argue that impeachment cheats democracy. Here they are correct. However, this is not an argument against impeachment. It's an argument against history. James Madison, the scrivener of the Constitution, intentionally included anti-democratic features in the Constitution to preserve personal liberty from the tyranny of a congressional majority and the tyranny of presidential ignorance. The whole purpose of an independent judiciary, for example, is to be anti-democratic, to preserve the life, liberty, and property of the minority from the tyranny of popular laws. And the whole purpose of impeachment is to correct an election after the elected person has demonstrated that he is unfit for office. The House is operating under rules adopted in 2015 when Republicans ran the House. Schiff is no more secretive about or partisan against the president than my old boss, then Judiciary Chair Representative Peter Peter Rodino, was toward Nixon, or then Judiciary Chair Representative Henry Hyde, was toward Clinton. Both acquired evidence from secret proceedings and both decided to impeach before any public hearings were held. Now, he doesn't bring up Andrew Johnson. I think there's more of an accurate description here with Andrew Johnson than with either Clinton or Nixon, um, because Johnson was being impeached for, or he was impeached, for violating a law that was unconstitutional. So we've got, we're getting into that situation with this. Is it unconstitutional to give foreign aid? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. So if the president withholds foreign aid, now he, he didn't make that case, he should make that case. All this is unconstitutional anyways. It's all unconstitutional. I mean, there's no constitutional authority to give uh, foreign governments money. And what are you doing with that? You're buying allies. So that's a quid pro quo from the beginning. So all this is just silly. That's all just silliness. Um, I think it's more, and of course, Johnson, the, the tenure of office act was later declared unconstitutional. So I think that the case for bribery is the weakest case they can make. If you want to say obstruction, well, okay, Uh, the Senate's not going to convict. And I think this is going to backfire on the Democrats spectacularly. And and I was looking at some of the things, you know, the people watching it. It just doesn't have as much interest as they think. And, of course, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has now said that this is all about the 2020 election. We want to get rid of Trump because we think we're not going to win, essentially. Napolitano concludes impeachment is political, not judicial, not judicial. Former President Gerald R. Ford was essentially right when he argued that under the Constitution, impeachable offenses are whatever a majority of the House says they are. For Nixon, covering up a break-in. For Clinton, lying about consensual sex. For Trump, solicitation, bribery, and obstruction. Whose behavior is arguably the gravest? Um, the bribery case, I don't think you can make much. Solicitation, maybe, but I don't know if that... I mean, this is all secondhand, thirdhand, third-hand, fourth-hand information from people who are... Uh, not necessarily in line with the president's foreign policy goals, which is clear from both diplomats who were there yesterday. They don't like the fact that Trump wasn't following what they wanted, so they're going to out him for things and try to get rid of him. This is the bureaucracy trying to overthrow the president. This is the swamp trying to get rid of the president. So when people ask if I'm pro-Trump, not necessarily. What I am is against the bureaucracy and the nonsense that's in Washington, D.C. This is why think locally, act locally is so important. Because all of it is just a charade, it's a circus. So I think at the end of the day, when we talk about Judge Napolitano, very principled man, a, a, an honorable man, someone who is believing, he's going with his convictions, wherever they lead him, And I think we should listen to that. And in that way, um, you know, this piece is spot on with what Napolitano believes. And he's not going to back down. He, he has a firm backbone. He's going to say, "This is what I believe." I can disagree. Again, Judge Napolitano, when he says that he's we're longtime friends. If you if you've ever met Judge Napolitano, you're fast friends with. and again, I've only met him a couple of times, but he always seems like he's he's been your friend forever. Uh, even if you don't, you don't know, he doesn't know he's he's that kind of man. And so, uh, the attacks on Napolitano, I, I think, are, are unfortunate. The personal attacks we can we can say, well, I don't necessarily agree with you here. I don't think that's right. But, hey, uh, this is where it used to be with political disputes that when people are an honorable person, you can respect them even if you disagree with them. And I think Napolitano is one of those individuals that uh, personal attacks are unfounded. He should always be respected even if you don't agree with him. You can say, well, I think you're wrong. But to call him names and these things, I mean, it's, It's childish. Uh, so, that said, um, my position is there's no bribery. With I mean, this is that's foreign policy. I think that's the weakest argument that they could make. I think Jonathan Turley has essentially pointed that out, too. The obstruction claim, maybe. Uh, the solicitation, if you could prove it, that there's quid pro quo there. Uh, but, I mean, again, this is very difficult. And uh, the fact is, it's not going... I mean, the, the House might impeach Trump, but he's not going to get convicted. And I think that this is going to lead to Trump's re-election in 2020. Unless the economy completely tanks, which I think the Democrats were also hoping happens. So anyways, if we just thought locally and act locally, if we did not give the president did not have imperial powers from the beginning, this would not be a problem. If we had real federalism, none of this would be going on. The president should not be the focal point of all American politics. The only way that's going to happen is to reorient our focus toward the local. And uh, if we do that, None of this is going to matter, anyways. I'll see you next time on the Brian McClanahan Show.